Heavenly Father, uh, we just thank you for this beautiful morning and the beginning of the week here, uh, the beginning of our Bible study week at least. Uh, uh, we thank you for the work that you've already been doing in the camp this weekend, for the, the wonderful worship service last night and Saturday night, the, uh, the church service yesterday morning, Lord, for the opportunity to meet uh, with new friends, some of whom we haven't seen in a whole year, uh, our old friends, new friends, uh, just friends, Lord. We thank you for the opportunity to fellowship. And right now, Lord, we thank you for the opportunity to fellowship with you in this space, uh, to open up your word and consider uh, how we might interact in a more loving way with the people in our family, how we love our kids and we love our family, Lord, but help us to, uh, to get into a little bit of how do we communicate that better? How do we really reassure them that they are loved in a way that they can understand and receive, Lord? And so we just pray this morning that you would bless John and Jamie, that you would uh, help their message to come forth in a way uh, that informs and edifies the body that's gathered here today. Uh, and for the whole week, Lord, we just ask for your blessing on this time. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Thank, All right. you. Thank you. <clears throat> so a lot of you may or may not know, um, I've, I've spent the last couple years out here working with the youth, so some of you... You just graduated up to the adult level now, right? Um, but no, we're we, um, really excited for Jamie and I to have a chance to share with you. Um, <clears throat> a lot of our ministry that we do uh, to the youth, um, we and you'll hear all the different stories, um, really comes around to, as we found, understanding relationships with youth, understanding relationships with kids. And so this class is really going to just be a time where we just have a lot of fun because, well, one, I like to laugh a lot, um, but we, we just kind of dive in and whether you want this is for you with your kids, your grandkids, or just, hey, you know what? I see youth at our church and I have no idea how to talk to them or I have children at our church and I have no idea how to talk to them. Um, I feel like this is the special, like those commercials you hear about, you can be a foster parent too, you know, like it's that same kind of thing. Like just, it doesn't take a genius to figure this out. And this is by no means Jamie and I up here going, we know all of the answers because we don't. This is a chance for you guys to chime in on things that work. Um, it's just part of the heart behind this came um, as Jamie and I over the years have, have done this. We find we have a lot of parents and different people will say, will you help? I can't relate to my little kid, or I can't relate to my youth. And in our job, especially my job as a youth pastor, I think one of the biggest parts, other than you know, teaching the kids about the relationship with Jesus Christ, is to be that intermediate between their parents and them. Um, and so, do you want anything else? Are you going to talk yeah. about that? So, um, I can, but also something that you will hear us say quite often is the word family. And that's something you maybe heard. I know, I don't remember what commercial it came it's, from. It's spread, which is kind of funny because we've taken it to our church, the word family. Um, which and, is friends that are like family, in case you didn't know, and, family. And like we take, and I have all these older people in our church, are like, that's so inventive of you. I'm like, yeah, I stole it from Sprint. You know, it's, like, <laughs> it's their big, like, Sprint, like, the old family plan. And then they said, oh, you can have friends add to your family plan. So, yeah, I completely stole it. <laughs> I had a college professor that once told me 80% of all great ideas are plagiarized, so just, just take so, it. So we use that, that term very frequently, and now it's funny because um, it's definitely a part of our vocab because my phone doesn't autocorrect it anymore. So like, family, I'll type it in, and I'm like, oh, okay, we're in, we're family. But it's something that we use with 
um, you know, so just rewind a second. I um, have been teaching preschool for the last four years and just um, accepted a position as um, first grade teacher. So we kind of have preschoolers, elementary, and then high schoolers, and we work with middle schoolers. So we're really all the way across the spectrum. Um, but family is something that we've come to um, love and use often as we tell our youth group kids, you're part of our family. You know, you're doing, you know, they stop over all the time. <laughs> I love them. I'm not complaining. <laughs> but they will stop over and be like, oh, I saw you post a picture on Instagram there on spaghetti. Like, I love spaghetti. And we're like, come on in. <laughs> so that's very much, um, and hopefully, you know, you'll get that. That's that's John and I. Our When John got this job as a youth pastor, we used to live in Sanford, which is not far from Midland, but um, far enough that we decided to move right into Midland. We are five minutes from the church because we felt like that's where we needed to be. We needed to be right there where if um, if our high schoolers, our youth group, we call them, I'll call them our kids. They're not, I mean, not our kids, family, but um, that they can stop over all the time. So our door is always open. So um, hopefully you can pick up on that, the love that we have for our family. So I'll go to the next one. So, as Jamie said, um, I'm the youth pastor slash young adult at our church. Jamie has the preschool thing. This is our this is our family. It's hard not to say family after you've been um, <clears throat> Obviously, we like to laugh. This is our daughter, Isabel, and our son, Jackson, and then our adopted son, Ritz. Um, when I went on a mission trip when I was 22 years old um, down in Jamaica, uh, this little kid, who's not so little anymore, stole my heart. Um, He's not here, so I can get away with telling the story. Um, I was at the orphanage, and I picked him up, and we were playing and wrestling, and then he turned around and let out the largest fart ever from a little kid <laughs> on my lap, and it just, I mean, the entire house just rumbled, and I went, I love you. <laughs> um, and yeah, he loves me when I tell that story now, but, um, but from, from there, I started, um, started sponsoring him. And we, I don't, I lose track of time. Um, when he was 14, the country of Jamaica refused to let him be adopted. And all of a sudden at 14, said, we don't want him anymore. Come get him. So he came, it took about a year and a half of paperwork to get him up here. And we, he came and lived with us. Uh, experienced almost every school in Midland County. Uh, went to Bullet Creek for a while, went to uh, Midland High for the summer school, and then went to Dow High to graduate um, to get them um, because due to the new immigration laws, they said there was a paper that was missigned, so you need to go back to your home country and was going to be deported. So, um, so he's back living in Jamaica, and we're being parents you know, of a 22 year old. So also year. add adult to that. You know, <laughs> yeah. and so some of the some of the things that we're going to talk about. Again, John and I are by no means experts. You will probably see our kids throwing a temper tantrum this week. I mean, we're we're in we're in this with you, right? And so some of the things you might think, well, how do they know about being a parent to a high schooler? Well, um, we have been for a little bit um, and experienced not only just being a parent of a. Um, teenager and now adult, um, 
but just getting over those cultural barriers, I mean, it's been, it's been a huge thing. So again, by no means are we experts. I can't say that enough. We are in it with you, um, and that's what the point of this is. We really want this to be a discussion. So if at any time you are like, uh, or you have a question about something, please raise your hand, because we really want this to be um, a discussion. And like I said, we're going to be brutally honest. Um, <clears throat> in the middle of that, you know, hearing all the good stories, and like Jamie said, you know, yes, I think we have wonderful kids, but don't ever think in this time and discussion, like this is something I can't bring up if you're struggling. Um, <clears throat> one of my biggest struggles with Ritz was the night he came home, let's just say very, very high, um, and just went to a party and decided he was going to play with his little brother and sister. And we had to walk through that. And for the longest time, I didn't say anything. And one of the associate pastors at our church pulled me aside and he was like, what's going on? And I, and I kind of confided in him, like, this is what we're dealing with with our son. And, you know, how embarrassing is it that the youth pastors dealing with, you know, their son doing all of these not so good stuff. And he went on to share with me things that his daughter that he had and how he almost left the ministry because he was so embarrassed by what his daughter was doing. And so I'm just I'm, I'm going to be honest, like, yes, I love youth ministry. I feel like I'm pretty good at it after 20 some years. But at the same point, I make tons of mistakes and my own kids mess up quite a bit. So we, we just wanted to start this entire thing with understanding, you know, hey, we're all, like Jamie said, we're all in this together and we're all just kind of diving in. And we feel like a lot of times some of these things, you know, not so much today, but um, further on in the week, a lot of these topics don't get talked about. Um, so what better safe place to talk about um, you know, we're going to talk about screens and technology and what that looks like for your family. We're going to talk about relationships and sex. We're going to talk about um, just becoming an emotionally healthy family and what that looks like. But I feel like as a parent, now I'm putting on my parent hat, this doesn't get talked about very often. Maybe some of you have um, small groups or friends that you can talk about these things with, but I feel like Sometimes you're just kind of going and you're doing and you're like, I don't know if this is right. So that's just John and I's passion that we, we are very open. We are very honest. Um, we are very not perfect. And this is exactly what's happening. I was, I was trying uh, to find a remote to make sure the volume was up. So um, is that what's next? Is the video? Yes. So just if you haven't already picked up, John and I... Um, our sense of humor is sort of how we get through life and enjoy it. And I don't, have any of you heard of John Christ before? Yeah, okay. So if you, if you have not heard of John Christ, let me preface this video. He is a Christian comedian. And have any of you seen him in person? Yes, okay, so did, that was our date night last year and it was the best thing ever. He is a Christian comedian and in his, um, he grew up, he was homeschooled, he's a pastor's kid. Um, so he is not making fun of Christians. He is a Christian, and he is taking, making light of some situations that people um, find more difficult. And in a minute, we have a video. <laughs> okay, those of you that know, have you seen the Christian Mom video? Have you watched that yet? Yeah. Okay, that's what, we're, that's what we were going to watch quickly. Um, just the idea that we, we are doing our best as parents, and we cannot take ourselves too seriously. So, is it ready? I think so. Okay. So he is a Christian comedian. For those of you that don't know, he is not making fun of Christians. He is, but he is not a mom, so he can, I don't know. <laughs> 
Would you believe I actually have master's work in educational technology? Good thing you're not talking about technology today. <laughs> Yikes. Okay, while we're doing this, this is something I was going to ask um, later, but so how many of you are um, parents? Just raise your hand if you're parents. Okay. How many of you are grandparents? Okay. What about teachers? Okay. What about um, you work with youth? At school, at um, church, someplace else, working with high schoolers, middle schoolers. Okay, what about working with elementary, so teaching in like the kids' church? Okay, so again, that's, um, we just kind of wanted to get a feel of what, what mostly we're dealing with. Um, but this is, this is really applicable. How many of you know about the love languages? Okay, so most of you, perfect. So, um, I'll just start talking about what's on the next slide while you're doing this, while you're playing. Movie night, kids, your choice. I can only imagine or left behind. New Wi-Fi password is if your eyes cause you to sing, cut them out. Okay. Let's try it one more time. If it doesn't work, we will make it work tomorrow. Kids, listen up. I don't want to hear anyone's place. Oh, it's because, never mind. <laughs> so all this was planned just yeah. to reinforce the idea that we're not perfect. The, right. <laughs> so is that clear? Are you guys good on that? Okay. Okay. Do you want me to start at the beginning? Yes. Kids, listen up. I don't want to hear any complaints about dinner. This will be your last supper. Movie night, kids, your choice. I can only imagine or left behind. Your Wi-Fi password is if your eyes cause you to sin, cut them out. All caps. Not on a coaster. Well, the foolish man built this house for sand, so makes sense. I hear swearing on that, kids. What's the rating on that TV show? Children, please be quiet, okay? Okay, I'm seeing a thunderstorm warning in the area. Lord, we pray a hedge of protection around this house. Kids, I need you guys all on that Rosetta Stone, okay? Guatemala mission trip is in three weeks. Breakfast time, kids. Waker, you know they brought the gospel to the new world. <laughs> we do not believe in luck in this house. Asking for more information on your internet filters. Hmm. Let us pray. Walking dead. Are you serious? That's what you're going to be if Jesus comes back and sees you watching that show. Okay, tap water, bottled water, or my preference, living water. This little life of mine. Not going to let Satan get out. Kids, can you keep it down, please? My husband, honestly, normally Hebrews. Also, prepare books of the Bible. Mom, do we have any proof? I mean, here's some, I guess, but more importantly, you should have love, joy, peace, patience. Only two ingredients I need salt and light. Oh, you need a memory card? Which I'm memorizing the Bible for once. Tell him you're sorry. I want to hear it. Now give him a hug and tell him your favorite Bible verse. Oh, Netflix, huh? Mm, watch whatever you want. Deviled eggs. Excuse me, who brought these into my house? <laughs> the dark. We're coming to light. The new Wi-Fi password is walk by faith, not by website. Quit leaving out your fleece. Who do you think you are, Gideon? Damn, that reminds me. Oh, excuse me, dirt devil, you better return this. I will not have him get a foothold in this household. Well, you're welcome to invite 12 friends to your birthday party, because that's how many friends Jesus had. I mean, no, it's not a sin, but is it wise? Kids, you know the rules. No screens after 9 p.m. Give me the cell phones, give me the iPads. Time to read a book. For the last time, please be quiet. 
type of dessert we allow in this house? Angel food cake. Uh, okay. So, so I will say these, I laugh at them, but like Jamie said, that was my childhood right there, just so you know. I mean, you put my mom's face over John's and that's every aspect of my childhood. Um, yeah, scary. Even when he says the, you know, some of the quotes in there, I'm like, oh, there's, there's my mom. I can hear it. So, so if I get a little shaky during that, you know, at least my mom. Um, so we're talking about love languages. How, and did you, how many people know the, the different love languages? This or do I? Okay. Go ahead. <laughs> I was like, wait, this is you, man. Um, so, for those of you, if you, you guys all have um, a knowledge of love languages, it looks like the majority of you do. So, John and I actually did the love languages as a premarital um, counseling. We went through that, which I, if you have not done this with your significant other, I definitely suggest it. It's something we have a whole like shelf of the love languages books, and anytime someone's like, I don't know what it is, I'm like, Okay, do this. Like we're always handing them out. We don't get commission. I feel like we should. But um, so so what is? And we have them all organized. Like love languages for kids. Oh, you're struggling with that. Love language for teens. And then I have when I do premarital counseling. Oh, here's love language for couples. Like we should so. write about getting commission. I feel like. Yeah. Um, so, anyways, what is a love language? So for um, for our time today, and if we um, for the rest of the week. We have gone through the books, obviously, numerous times, and just kind of pulled some nuggets that we want to pass on to you. Um, but get the books. Have them in your homes. It's something that, it's, it's definitely a book that you want to revisit as often as you can. So what is a love language? We all give and receive love differently. Um, and I hope that, again, some of this, so those of you that know the love languages, you're going to be like, yep, I know this. But Sometimes these are the things you need to hear again, and you need to be reminded. Um, and I think even as a, I'm putting on my parent role now, you know, we're coming towards the end of summer, and uh, my patience, what started at the beginning of the summer, is now here. And um, these, are, these are good reminders even for myself, like, okay, get yourself back in check. Um, so when we speak each other's love language, we fill their emotional tank. Some of you that work with um, early childhood know about filling your bucket, right? So this is a real thing, filling your emotional tank. Uh, when someone's tank is full, communication, discipline, connecting, and training becomes easier. So that's for kids and youth and husbands. <laughs> Sorry. Train. I can train you better. <laughs> okay. Um, so <laughs> I can't really argue it. Still working so. progress. Um, so the five love languages are physical touch, words of affirmation, quality time, acts of service, and gifts. And we're going to spend today just digging deeper into each one of those. We are going to, um, we've got verses to go along with each one of them. We've got some ways that you can apply that. And then, um, yeah, we'll go forward from there. Which did you say? So the, the ironic part and why this jumped out to Jamie and I so much is one, realizing that in our marriage, <clears throat> our two, when you, we have a test that we'll talk about later, our two are completely opposite of each other. Um, I am very, very high on physical touch and words of affirmation. And like when you take the test score, and some of you may know, um, like gifts is a one for me. 
my wife gifts is a 12, which is almost off the charts high. <laughs> like, where, like, and so we, we struggle, I mean, and we have these, and, but we have to realize the two different ways um, of that and understanding that we, we, have, we are two different, very different people, but to understand that this is the way, you know, because so early in my marriage and so early with the kids and the youth, I'm doing stuff that I'm, I'm constantly thinking about. I'm constantly going, I don't get it. I'm doing this. You know, our son Jackson is very high physical touch too. And Jamie, nah, I think you're a two on physical touch. And, and so like Jackson will be like, I just want to snuggle. I want and Jamie's just like, get off me. And I can see that. And I'm like, come here, buddy, daddy. And you, you know, and his entire childhood was spent literally almost every night in nap time going, you know, Jamie would be like, can you come home for work for five minutes? And I would just go down, grab him. We'd go downstairs. We'd rock in the rocking chair and I would snuggle and he would fall asleep immediately. And Jamie would be like, I don't get him. Like he needs that physical touch. Like that's, he, he you know, and, and to understand that. So, um, but that, that's part of it. So understand. So as we go through these, I want you thinking, you know, start the process going. Some of you may already know what your love language or your kids or somebody, you know, your parents, whoever you want to pick out, but be thinking about, okay, that sounds like them. That doesn't sound like them, you know, and, and kind of understand that as we go through it. So the first one, my favorite, you guys start, <laughs> physical touch. Um, so again, I just, um, we picked some pieces from both the um, love languages for children and the love languages for teenagers. Um, studies show that parents touch their children only when necessary get over here, you know, or come on, let's go. And I even, I, guilty, like I know that I do. I know that I have a hard time. And it's not that I don't love to hug my kids, you know, but that's just not something, if I can present them with a gift or I was at the store and I saw this and it was so perfect and they're like, eh, okay. Um, so, oh, Which is not, kind of, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> we're laughing because you know, the more that we use this vocabulary, even with um, some of our youth group kids, and we um, have talked more about love languages with them, you know, they they kind of tease us a little bit. They're like, Jamie's physical touch is not so, you know, um, but... Well, so. Or they'll come to me and be like, I really need a hug, and I know Jamie's over there and she doesn't want to. It's like... Perfect. Or like, no, nobody, why, nobody is, got me a gift, and it's like... Talk to her, because I'm not going to... This is actually maybe why it's good that we're on opposite ends, so like we can each... But. And, and one of the things on physical touch, um, when I did my student teaching in Fort Wayne, Indiana, there was a principal, and, and, all, and if you know Fort Wayne at all, there's some very nice... Just like schools that size, right? There's some very nice schools and some very rough. One of the roughest schools um, in that area I did my student teaching in, and over a three-year period, they saw all of the punish, like, or all of the discipline issues, all this get cut in half. And so I, I, in my interview, you know, you have to interview the principal. I asked him, what was, what was the difference maker? And he said, it was when I decided, I set a goal that every week I, and, and it's the thing that you got to be careful saying, but he said, I'm going to touch every student in this building every week. And it would walk up and touch on the shoulder, do this. And, and for him, it was, so many kids were struggling with that, with physical touch. And so he just made a point of every, like he had, he said when he started, you know, at this point, school that big, he can, he can continue to do it. But when he started, he had like a checklist, right? Like, okay. And he'd go through, okay, no, I need to make sure on Friday I find, you know, little Johnny because he, I haven't touched his shoulder yet, you know. 
Um, but he said that that was the number one contributing factor for turning around the discipline in a very rough school. And, and the, the more that we dig into this, and, and maybe this is already kind of circling in your mind, we've started to have conversations with you know other people. Um, it's interesting how a love language can be something that you grew up with. You know, in, in my family, so we already talked about gifts is very high. In my family, I was the only child at home. We celebrated everything. I am not even kidding you. My dad got my mom flowers for Groundhog's Day. I don't know. It was just a thing. Like, it was, we sell everything was a huge... So of course and imagine being the youngest of five <laughs> that don't celebrate oh, anything. Yes, that was, you know, literally five o'clock at night. And my parents, I'm like looking around for a birthday cake. And they're like, <laughs> you know, oh, that's right. It's your birthday. Yeah, we we're going of, to celebrate. Lots of conversations about that. Another, another um, keyword that we will sometimes use is called intense fellowship. And that was something that was passed down to a friend of mine that um, it's a really nice way to say um, argument, like intense fellowship. John and I had a really intense fellowship about how gifts were going to be handled. No. Um, so, so thinking, again, thinking of this before we get much deeper, you know, is my love language something that has just been a part of my DNA growing up in my family? Or is it also because I didn't receive that? So I think that that's something that we're, we're constantly talking about, you know. Because um, there's aspects in mind that, you know, words of affirmation was, there's, there's a lot of people in this room that know my siblings and my family. <laughs> so, um, but, you know, there's, words of affirmation was very high in my parents. They still, still is. You know, that they will, my mom will find a reason to call and just say, you know, I'm, I'm proud of you, dad, you know. So words being high in there kind of makes sense. Phys and, and not like poor John, but physical touch was not, again, the youngest of five. Physical touch was one of my brothers punching me in the arm. That was not, you know, <laughs> was not loving in any way, shape, or form. Um, but so to understand that the, a lot of the a lot of the psychologists, a lot of people you read, say your love language is based off of, like Jamie's saying, either what you got a lot of as a kid or what you did not get enough of as a kid. So you're, you're, you're wanting those things. Yeah, so that's just something to kind of keep in the mind is, is hopefully you can kind of start to figure out what your love language is and maybe where that's um, coming from. So it, it says uh, that physical touch is the easiest love language to use unconditionally. Easy, why don't you just... Uh, okay. Um, <laughs> easier said than done. I just... It's, so, but it's something to use unconditionally. You know, I can hug my kids whether I am so mad at them or I'm so proud of them. That's an, it's, it's one that we can do... Um, unconditionally. Does somebody have their Bible with them that would feel comfortable um, looking up Mark 10, 13 through 16? And as we're doing that, I'm going to jump that next point of um, one of the biggest parts of physical touch that I think is important is realizing that both boys and girls need that. I think so much in our society, we look at that and we say, oh, you know, and I do with having, you know, my two littles, you know, Ritz being older, but my two littles, like, oh, Isabel, here, you know, give me a hug, do this. And realizing that Jackson needs that just as much and actually more because he's off the charts on physical touch like his dad. So, um, but understanding that part. Yeah, and this, I feel like, do you have it? Are you ready? Yeah, we're, 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 we're. So, um, yeah, 10, 13 through 16. So this is, 
to me, this is the ultimate view of physical touch. And I'm not good at it, but I feel like this is the ultimate one. So go ahead. And they were bringing children to him so that they might touch him. But the disciples rebuked them. But when Jesus saw this, he was indignant and said to them, Permit the children to come to me. Do not hinder them, for the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. Truly I say to you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God is like a child, or sorry, like a child will not enter it at all. And he took them in his arms and began blessing them, laying his hands on them. So that's me. I mean, I get goosebumps just thinking about that. That, and I'm not physical touch. I could really, you know, but but Jesus is saying, bring them to me, and not just bring them close to me, right? He put his arm out, and he he wanted to touch them. He wanted to hug them. Bring the children to me. Yeah, and and that's that's the look. I, I've shared, I've preached on that many times, and until about what six months ago, and when we were going through that, and we and Jamie found that part, I went that never jumped out at me that it was physical touch. Like Jesus didn't just say, you know, in, in, in the analogy that we always think of, and at least what I always think of was, you know, he, he was saying, hey, let those kids come and listen to me speak, right? Like that's, that's kind of how I always viewed it. But it's like, no, let them come. So I want to, they need to be touched. I, I, they, those kids need that. They need the physical touch and the importance of it. Um, I think, and so next time you hear, no, don't really do this, but next time you hear a pastor do that, and he skips verse 16, be like, oh, go, continue on to 16, because that's the important part, is the, the physical touch part of it. Yeah. So, um, any questions about physical touch before we go to examples? Anybody, can you start to maybe, can you think of someone maybe that is in this boat? Um, I'm going to start to, edit yeah, to me, if I, can put, if I can put a personal, um, if I can put a face on it, but here's some examples on, again, just some, um, when you have the book, they give you this huge thing of examples. You can go online and find all sorts of examples, but here's just a few I picked out. So hugging or kiss your child every day when they leave for school and when they return. Um, that's a pretty simple one. Even I can do that one. Um, so this is, this, um, this to me is one that I feel like I'm working on. Shortly after disciplining your child, Take a moment to hug them, to show them that the discipline was based on their wrong choice, that you still love them. So, you know, getting down on their level and, and giving them a hug and um, letting them know that even though they made a really bad choice, I'm not going to take away your love language. That's the big thing, you know, um, for all of them. You can't, you can't take that away, you know, because um, that just that it just keeps emptying them. That's just not a healthy healthy thing to do and again we're, I know we're talking about kids a lot but I'm you know thinking about just and it's harder with I feel like with when working with high schoolers and physical touch but I know the kids that come into youth group and they need a high five and that's it you know you know I don't know if you've seen um this is on the teacher spectrum but the different ways to enter the classroom you can choose if you do fist bump or high five or maybe you need a hug and guess what I'm going all in so I'm giving a hug you know just different ways that that kids need to feel that connection. They need to feel safe. Um, and, and on the high school one, I'll use the example. Um, and Kendall, you know, I mean, Ben, one of the kids from my youth group, he, he literally at the end of youth group, he graduated, well, he's going to be a sophomore mm -hmm. at MSU, but literally at the end of every youth group, he would wait until all the kids left, 
literally just to give me a high five. Like he and and if I gave him a hug, you could tell like he would be walking down the he hallway like bouncing. Um, but it was I mean, and this was what football, baseball. I mean, big kid. So not the stereotypical like where you'd be like, oh, that kid's physical touch. But it's like, no. Over the years of having me in youth group, there's no doubt that Ben is physical. I mean, he he's stopped by our house now multiple times coming home from college literally to walk in the door give us both a hug and say I have to go you know and it's like okay then um good seeing you you know but he's so high on that so understanding that when you start to see that and you go and when you have these tools and you go okay now I get it so whether it's your littles whether it's high school or whether it's just a friend um and, and that's part of the thing we've discovered even in our friendship with people that will say oh you know so and so you know, one of our friend group, she's really down. And Jamie would be like, I'm going to buy her a gift. I'm like, oh, she's kind of words of affirmation. Maybe you write her a note, you know. I feel like so we you need understand. to roll with that because of everybody like, okay, you are such and such, you handle. Like, I just, um, hold on, let me finish. So some other examples, play group games together. So where you're bumping into each other, um, you're just, you're being next to other people. Our son Jackson, you can guess, physical touch with his favorite game, tag. Like, <laughs> I mean, it's, it's little stuff like that. It, it sounds dumb, but it, playing tag with him is the greatest game in the world. Not because every six-year-old loves tag, but he, like, he loves that. Yeah. And he, he will come over and I saw it yesterday with some kids out here. He'll go over and let himself get tagged. Like he thrives <laughs> off of that. Like, it's like, okay, you're missing the point, buddy. But but when you start to know the people that you're around. You, I don't, your eyes start to open. We started doing this with both of our kids, like, okay, what do you want to do? You know, I can plan this great, awesome thing that would be great for me, but what do you want to do? And if you ask Jackson, you have the whole day, what do you want to do today? His favorite thing is family tickle fight. Like, that's his, he wants to be biased and like, and so we tell people, we're like, that's just, that is, that is best day ever for him. For me, I'm like, if I went and bought you a new bike, like, wouldn't that be so awesome? And he, and he really and wouldn't like, care. Uh, can we do a family tickle fight? We're like, okay. Like, <laughs> or I'm just like, okay. Um, but, but when you start to know the people that you're around and you want to love them and you want to fill their emotional tanks, you start getting creative and your, your eyes just start opening that. Um, so, oh, develop a unique, a unique handshake, kind of what I talked about with, like, your classroom. That's a safe one, right? Like, everybody has a handshake. Um, and especially, I think, for high schoolers, that, that's an easy one. Um, and then putting your, putting your hand on their shoulder when you're talking to them. That's um, just a, an easy way to connect. Again, even I can do that. So, um, Okay, you want to talk about this one? Words of affirmation. <laughs> John's uh, first two are like out, yeah. so then it's... Um, so, words of affirmation, not easily forgotten. Um, affection and love mean appreciation for the, for the very being of a child. Um, while I'm talking about this next story, will somebody look up Proverbs 18.21 for us? Um, well, whoever gets to it. But. So, um, words of affirmation obviously being important on mine too. It's kind, of, it's kind of funny. I Again, this is the one my parents gave me a lot of. And in the book, it'll say, you can't say things like, um, well, I'm saying this to affirm you, because, you know, it obviously knocks it down, right? Um, and, but I will say from somebody that's so high words of affirmation, if your tank is, is empty or is that low, it doesn't matter, right? Like, we're, we're doing this, and on our Jamaica mission trip, we made all of the 
all the young adults that went, they, we, because we were talking about it, they all got online and took the test. And one of the girls that's a youth counselor for years, and she's very sweet, and she sat there and she goes, I know this isn't going to mean as much. And she kind of, she's like, but I'm going to say some words of affirmation to you. And like, it was all this stuff. And she goes, and because I know physical touch is high, I'm going to do this with my hand on your shoulder. And like, it was like all this. And Jamie's like, well, you can't do that. And I was like, let her continue. And like, she, and like she, so she just said a couple like very sweet things with her hand. Up. And somebody's like, who well, doesn't count? Because you said that. And I said, I'm telling you what, at the end of a mission trip, my tank is so low, I don't even care. Even if you say like, hey, I'm doing this completely wrong. It, it means a lot to, and, and understand that with your kids. And you'll start, that's the other part that you'll start to recognize. When things, when in yourself too, when you are so low, or your kid is so low and so out of it, even doing it wrong is better than not doing it at all. I mean, and, and again, you can't do it any more wrong than saying, here are your words of affirmation. Yeah, you don't let me say <laughs> that. Like, yeah. I'm affirming you. <laughs> but but, but, it, but it, it truly does mean a lot. So does somebody have that Proverbs for us? Thank you. The tongue can bring death or life. Those who love to talk will reap the consequences. Perfect. And, and you've probably heard sermons on this, right? The tongue can bring death or life. One of my favorite quotes that's up in my office um, is by Brennan Manning. And it's, it's pretty much saying that entire, you know, with, with every exchange, every conversation we have, there is, you either speak life or you take it away. There is no neutral exchange. So anything we say to a kid or to a youth or to a friend or to whatever we have to remember is either filling that person or taking away from that person. Um, whether it be the positive, speaking, their love language, doing whatever, we're either filling them or we're taking it away. There is no, well, that didn't really hurt them or help them. No, you really did one or the other because you had a chance to do it. Um, so on there, here's a couple examples. So you put a post-it note in their lunch or in their car. Um, send them a, a text telling them how much they mean to you. Uh, make it a habit of saying, I love you. Create a special name of affection only used between you and your child. Um, and, and these are things that, before we even knew this, that we found that um, words of affirmation is high on my daughter, on Isabel. And one of her favorite things since she was born, we called her Izzy Monkey. And when she's really, really down, she kind of looks at me and we kind of talk and and I, and I called her Iz, or I call her Izzy, or whatever, and she kind of looked at me, it was about a month ago, and was like, didn't you used to call me something? And, and this is, you know, how dumb and thick, I'm like, what? And she had her Curious George doll. And she was like, didn't you used to call me something? And I'm, like, <laughs> I'm like, oh, Izzy monkey. And like, I gave her a But, I mean, she's even figured out from Jamie, like, Dad's not the smartest, we've got to make sure. <laughs> we need to help him out. We need to help him out. And, and so I made a point of saying that, and, and now I've, since that couple months ago, like I now will do that, where she's, if something really bad or something really sad happens to her, she, I'll be like, oh, come here, Izzy monkey, and there probably will, well, there will be a time that she's like, please don't say that, but right now, she, it really means a lot to her. So having something like that, and again, you know the person, you're, whether it be your child, your grandchild, your youth. Like, once that relationship, then you're going to start to understand those things and understand that words of affirmation. And it's going to look very different. Like, of these examples, again, words of affirmation high on mine, right? 
I could care less if I get a post-it note. I, you know this. If I get a post-it note or something like that. But if I get a text message, especially on a very stressful day, or knowing, like, hey, I had a meeting at 10 o'clock that I wasn't looking forward to, and at 9.59 I get, I'm praying for you, you can do this, those, those will send me through. I'm not saying, like, I absolutely hate it and will rip up the note, but it's not, but it's not like, my favorite. So understand that words of affirmation can look very, very different. That's why you're going to see some of these examples that are in multiple different categories. I yeah, guess and if I can say just a couple um, other things. Something we're also really big on, and this is for littles, this is for big, this is for anyone, is, um, and this is an easy one, saying their name in love. So how many times, you know, think about, maybe you're not thinking about your own kids, but maybe you work with kids in some aspect. How many times are those kids hearing their name, you know, John, go do this, or I can't believe you did this, and, and it's a negative tone. We, you know, um, so just saying their name in love, you know, um, oh, Isabel, and it doesn't, you don't even have to, it doesn't have to even be a compliment, just saying, using their name with loving tones, because so often um, it's, it's so much easier to do negative. So if you see my children this week, maybe say their name with some love, because maybe, you know, <laughs> Um, but I, I say that to our children's director. I'm like, you're gonna want to, you're gonna want to find Isabel and use her name in love today because I was not as easy on her this morning. But it's easy, right? As a parent, we we do that. You know, Jackson, you left your shoes out again. I mean, it, it just rolls off the tongue so easy. But sometimes it's harder to say it in love. Um, we don't so, often say their name yeah, unless we unless name. we're upset with them right. or mad at them or right. You know. So that's a big yeah. Um, like the, the saying the name. Yes. I mean, it, it, it goes from parent to the teachers. One of my um, second daughter's fifth grade teacher has a nickname mm. for each one of his wow. students, and he remembers each of that's their nicknames awesome. all the way through high school. That's awesome. That's, that's yeah. To be able to have that. Has, um, special meaning. Like my daughter's name is Danielle, but he doesn't call her Danielle. She is Dinah because she's dynamite. That's That's awesome. But what a connection. Like, can yeah. you already yeah. feel like she walks in there? Hey, like, that's all, like, this person knows me, has a connection with me, and is seeking to keep that? Like, that's a lot of work. That's awesome. What a great thing. And we didn't mention this before, but I was just thinking about this. When we look at, when we're looking at younger kids, and this may be obvious, but I'm just going to say it, um, they need all of their love languages met. And, and not to say that we as adults, we don't, but they really need all of their, all of their languages met as a baby, right? I can't just say, well, eh. I, I mean, and that was hard for me. I'll be completely honest with you. Jackson was very, um, very colic, and, and I had such a hard, he needed to be feverishly rocked, and I had the hardest time doing that, because yes, I love him, right? But are you kidding me? Like, he needs to be held this long? You know, and then, so, but they need all of those, all of those languages met. And we as adults do too, but, you know, um, it starts to vary as we, as we um, grow into our personalities and that kinds of thing. So, I don't, I just wanted to say that because I don't want you to think like, uh, my kid, my kid isn't worth it. He doesn't, he doesn't need physical like, touch, so like, I don't need to touch um, He doesn't need a diaper they, change, they, it's fine. They all, they all need to be met, just as we grow, they, they get deeper. So anything else about words that you guys, can you already start to go, 
Okay, and, and I think sometimes we change too, right? As we, as our relationships change. So quality time. Quality time not only means doing things together, but it's a means for knowing your child. So Isabel, our daughter, um, quality time is her highest. So if, when we say to her on those days that we're doing tickle fight, like, okay, Isabel, tomorrow's your day. What do you want to do? She wants to snuggle up together and read a book. Where again, I'm like, do you want to go to the store? Like, and, and you know, and I feel it feels almost cheap to be saying like, go and buy them something new. But to me, I'm like, let's go find something that's so special for you. And she's like, eh, like. Well, her and, and she's old enough that hers is. Do you want to go to the store? Well, can Daddy and Jackson stay home? Like, you know, as long <laughs> she wants as it's, us to go get yeah. a, a fancy coffee and go to the store and maybe go to the bookstore and look. You know, she wants just that time together. So she's learned. She people pleaser. She's like, oh sure, we'll go do this, mom. But no, what do you want to do? Um, so not just spending time together, but getting to know them. So we're at the store together, and it's not just okay checking off the list. It's talking to her. You know, oh, how was camp last week? You know, tell me something about. Did you meet any new? Just getting to know them, having that conversation. Um, so it should include loving eye contact that's focused and undivided. That's hard, right? Um, we we get distracted. Um, I know that. I mean, I know that about us. It's hard to, okay, you know, get down at their level and look them in the eyes and have a conversation with them. But for someone that values quality time, that's huge. You're taking time out of your busy schedule to focus just on me. One, one of the biggest things when I realized, before I realized Isabel was so high quality time, and youth that are quality time. One of the things, if you're looking for a sign for this one, I mean, other than the tests that you'll take, is they'll often want to do stuff that takes a lot of time. <laughs> Isabel, you know, if you ask, do you want to play checkers? No. Well, will you play Monopoly? Yes. Like she, because it's going to take a lot of time. Um, when Jamie was gone at a teaching conference, I had the kids and I, for, and I took a couple days off work and I said, okay, you each get to pick. And Jackson was, I wanted to go buy something at the store or whatever. And he wanted to have a tickle fight and all that. But, and it was all this. And Isabel was, I want to go on a really long bike ride. And that was like, okay. And she's like, can we go to farmer's market and then take the long way home? And like, not because she loves biking, but it was because you're going to be on a bike right next to me <laughs> and talking your ear off the entire time. So one of the things looking for that in kids, like they're going to, they're, they will choose. I don't know the best way to put this. They'll choose the longer activity, even if it's not a better activity for them. So, so um, children never outgrow the desire for quality time. It teaches them how to build friendships. So think about, you know, you're not just, I don't want to say there's an agenda to spending time together, but you're showing them how to communicate. You're showing them how to listen, right? Those are all, as, as someone that works with a lot of early childhood these are skills we have to be teaching our kids. We can't just take for granted that they, they know how to have a communication, you know, how they, they know how to be a friend. We can't take that for granted. So I want my kids to, to learn that from me, not from someone else. Um, there, yes, there's other places that we can soak that in, but I want to make sure I'm um, showing them how to disagree with someone in a respectful manner, those kinds of things. Um, can someone look up Ecclesiastes 4, 9 through 12, maybe? Oh, she's got, oh, she's volunteered you. She's on. Oh, okay. Thank you. better than one because they have a good return for their work. If one falls down, his friend can help him up. 
but pity the man who falls and has no one to help him up. Also, if two lie down together, they will keep warm, but how can one keep warm alone? Though one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves. A cord of three strands is not quickly broken. Again, you've heard that in many different contexts. And to me now, after going through this, this one just says quality time. You know, you know for, uh, one of the things for people with quality time are, gonna, are, in my opinion, will treasure quality friendships even more. Because they look for those people that will say, yes, they'll be with me forever. They're going to they're gonna stick with me. They're not going to leave me when things get rough. Um, and that's what, truly, when you take it down to the little kid level, that's really what they're wanting, you know. Isabel wants to know, you're not going to leave me. You're not going to, you know, you're going to be there. It's, it's, that's how they feel the love is, is having that. And, you know, I'm thinking about our um, high schoolers. <clears throat> we, we try to make it to a majority of their sporting events, their concerts, their plays. I mean, we are, we are in the community, which is hard with two little ones who are also doing these things. Um, our kids have learned to sleep on bleachers. <laughs> they they've, have. They've, really they've mastered the Vincent Dow game is it's a long week for us because we have swimmers and we have football players and we have, I mean, we are, we are at everything. Um, but for some of the kids, that's a huge thing. You know, we will make sure we stay until the end of the game to give them their high five, you know. Um, but for others of our high schoolers, if we just say, hey, do you want to come over for dinner? You know, when we actually invite them, they don't just show up. But, or, you know, can we meet up for lunch? You know, they need that quality time, whether it be John or I, undivided, looking at them, talking to them, letting them talk to us. Um, those are just some ways that we connect with them. Um, so some examples, asking specific questions about your child's day. I'll be honest, you know, we're, we're thinking about school, right? I'm already thinking, I need to write down some questions that I have. Because by the end of the day, how was your day? Great, what did you eat for lunch? Great, who did you play with? Okay, and then I'm moving on, right? We just get into that. So now while I'm in summer, I'm like, I need to write out some specific questions that Isabel will fully answer on the drive home. Like, I know she will. You know, what did you, you know, um, but take some time. Think about some questions ahead of time and ask them specifically about and their that, day. And that's where I, I will say learning from working with youth and, and also others in this, in our daughter Isabel, the part of that that I don't, I just want to reiterate, is not just questions. Mm -hmm. Like, it, it, when you, if you ask Isabel, how was her day, that's going to be one thing. It's going to be, hey, wasn't so-and-so's birthday today? Or wasn't, like, something where you're showing that you were invested yeah. in that is the game-changer part. So that's the hardest part. For somebody, you know, that's okay on quality time, obviously, and, and, but to know that next step in understanding... Okay, they, it's not just that I checked the box. That's the difference maker. Like, look for one part, and that's what I've done with our daughter, is look for one part. Something when she tells me, okay, we had a project on Friday. Okay, how was that project in your, you know, remembering a certain aspect of it, I guess is what I'm trying to say. So. Yeah. Um, scheduling a specific date time with your child or, you know, it doesn't have to be called a date, but if you are mentoring in the church, like, hey, you know, can I get a group of you together? Obviously not a ton because then you're losing that one-on-one, -on -one, but um, getting a group together and doing something specifically that they want to do. Uh, share meals together. Like that, I mean, what a great way to have conversation, to show that you're there, to look at them, to use their name. I mean, we can check off a lot of boxes and... Um, 
but what a great way. And I remember I ate every meal at the table growing up. I remember that. And so for me, that was a big thing coming into our family. Like, of course we eat at the table and we talk about our day. What, it, what you know, and John's like, oh. You do oh, that at Thanksgiving and oh, Christmas. That's okay, all you know. <laughs> two times a year, it's fine. And so that, you know, it's, it's again, everybody grows up with different expectations, different things that pour into their tank. Um, so have those conversations. Acts of service. Um, we I start, will say, this is oh. the one that we are, if I can dare say, that we're the worst at. Both, this is the one that neither one of us are an expert in. So, um, in which you would think, for some that works in a church, acts of service should be higher. Um, but this has been one of the ones that have, I've struggled the most on. And I would say I've been the last to come across ways to do this. Um, and, I didn't even, and, I, and I'll say it's also one that I don't recognize the easiest. We had a youth, um, Bailey, who graduated a couple years ago now. And he was the one, you know, I leave church after second service. I'm usually back at the church about 3 o'clock to set up for youth group. And Bailey's one at 301. He's right there. What do, what do you need me to do now? Are all the mic cords set up? Or is, yeah, yeah, Bailey, everything's good. Like, and, like, and for the longest time, I'm like, Bailey's just annoying. He's always here. He's always asking to do stuff. He's, you know, can I set up, you know, if this room, if Bailey was with us this week, the minute you all stood up, he would straighten every one of these chairs and he would put everything back to the way it was. And he would thrive off of that acts of service. Um, yeah. So are you? Yeah. Um, so we talk about as our kids are little, we serve them. We make their meals. We, you know, but when they're ready, we start to teach them how to serve themselves and hear that, how to serve themselves. You know, we... And we're dealing with this balance of an independence. You know, our eight-year-old, she wants to do her hair every day. And I'm like, um, okay, you know, so, but we want them to be able to serve themselves. They feel good about doing things for themselves. They're taking care of themselves. And then they start to serve others. You'll see them, you know, picking up things at school and, and helping out and serving others because we model that service to them. Um, the ultimate purpose of acts of service is to share, to shape and model how to give love to others through acts, just like John was talking about. Um, if someone can look up Matthew, and I'll, um, while I'm sharing this, we, so John with his job takes the high school youth group on a mission trip every spring break. That's just what they do. It's, they've done it since the beginning of time, I'm sure. Um, <laughs> or so but, they tell me. Or so they <laughs> You know, and it's always been a time that the kids and I will stay home. Dad's gone on spring break. We do our own thing. But two years ago, um, our kids, you know, mission trip, those are those are common words in our home. That's just, a, that's a thing. Um, Can I just share the real quick funny story? Yeah. When they were two and four, oh. um, we had a really loud bathroom fan, like this, like, <laughs> 1950s house that we're remodeling and the bathroom fan was from 1950s and we kept they kept going in there and it had a pocket door and shutting the pocket door and turning on the bathroom fan and they would sit on the floor and for the longest time I couldn't figure out what they were doing take things and they would take things in there and finally I grabbed Isabel and I said honey what are you guys doing she's like we're playing mission trip that's our airplane and I was like oh okay well, let's not sit behind the toilet anymore <laughs> on mission trip. Oh, <laughs> the bathroom. That's just weird. 
But our kids, our kids asked, you know, can we, can we go on mission trip? Because they hear all this awesome stuff that happens on mission trip. And so we're like, um, okay. So the kids and I went and um, we went to Louisville, Kentucky for a week. We did not stay the full week. We came back a couple days early. Um, but they, nobody wants that. They, I mean, they painted and they worked alongside these high schoolers. Honestly, this is not bragging, but Jackson can drive in a nail better than some high schoolers. And he, he, it was no, I mean, he got right in there and did it. And, it, you know, we didn't say, oh, buddy, this isn't safe. We just said, go for it. Like, if it's something that is unsafe, someone will stop you, you know. But they got right in there and they served. And so when they go back to school after spring break and people are like, oh, we went to that. And they're like, yeah, we went and we worked on um, this building down in Kentucky. And they're like, what? They're like, yeah, we went on a mission trip. And it's like. You did what? I mean, but they learn how to do that by being around these other kids, right? We can't teach them everything. We need the high schoolers to teach them some things. But um, so it's just modeling how to serve and modeling. This is what our family does. This is what we do on spring break. And they didn't complain. They were sad that we left early. So um, does somebody have the verse 20, Matthew 20, 28, and then go back to 26. Sorry, let's come backwards. Okay, thank you. Again, let's talk about the greatest example, just like we talked about with physical touch, the greatest example of serving, um, serving others in that way. Uh, quickly, do you have something else you want to say? Well, I was just going to say on that first one, the sit down with your child and, um, during homework, part of the big part of that with acts of service that I, I, the reason Jamie and I, when we were going through this, I reminded her, I had a parent that had asked, and can we get some help, our kid? And I was like, your kid is so high acts of service. You need to be able to do this. And I said, do your homework with them. And the parent was like, it's not working. And I realized what it was was because they were just sitting down with the kid. If you think of acts of service, sitting down with somebody, that's quality time. Acts of service is actually diving in and going, you know, if it's a little kid, the volcano project, right? Like, I'm going to get my hands dirty and help you. That's what we're talking about with this homework here is getting your hands dirty, getting, getting involved doing the actual, like, helping them so that that kid feels like that you're, you're, you know, you're doing, you're doing something. You, you weren't just an innocent bystander to it. You actually participated in it. That's the key um, part of that one. Yeah, so. thank you. So while your child, when your child is sick, go the extra mile to ensure they feel comforted and loved, you know, just um, serving them, taking care of them. And, and it's hard because I feel like I serve you every day, right? But let's, let's, Take the extra step and, and model that and show them how we can go extra. Make a list of your child's favorite things to do and gradually work through that. And that's, again, it's, it feels like quality time, but you are serving with them. Doing, you know, um, volunteering together, showing them how, how to do that. Again, these are skills that we need to teach kids and how to have those conversations. And it's the wording you use, too, mm -hmm. with this. For me... It's the wording, you know, Jackson likes acts of service. He likes doing something. So, where Isabel likes quality time. So, if they both, you know, wipe off the table after dinner, for Isabel, it's sitting by her, talking to her, saying, <laughs> oh, I appreciate that because she likes, you know, the words. But for Jackson, it's sitting there going, that helped out so much. Using that word right there, letting him know that, you know, 
when we built the porch on our back of our house a couple weeks ago, I had some youth group kids over, and Jackson wanted to use the impact driver. And he was putting in the screws. And his number one question kept saying to me, not am I doing it right, but is this helping? Is this helping? So somebody that obviously is acts of service wants to hear, you made this easier for me. Yeah. And allow them to do that too. The, the biggest mistake that, of again, of being the youngest of five is every kid in our family had to have the chore rotation and rotate around, right? <laughs> well, there was jobs on that chore rotation that I, were hor- I was horrible at and I didn't do as well and did not enjoy. But there was other ones that I really, really enjoyed doing. So I think one of the things my mom did that was made the most sense was you got to pick. There was you know, the first thing you got to pick a chore that you wanted to do, and then the ones that were left got divvied up. So that way, somebody that does like acts of service can have that reward of going, I get to help the family out by doing this. I get to be passionate behind it, right? Like for all of us, we bring different gifts and abilities. So let your kids have that same thing. If if for my family of five, you know, my brother Luke loved cooking and loved baking. So he would be in the house all the time. And if we worked in the yard all day long, he was there making dinner so that we came in and had something to eat. When it came to how do you change mower blades, he had no idea. But that was me because I was always outside and that was the way that I served. So allowing, allowing your kids to do that in youth and Anybody, I think, is the key. Understanding the acts of service, like letting them take some ownership so they can know, hey, I helped the greater cause. Yeah. Sorry, we're running. That's okay. I'm, That's okay. Yes. We'll just, we'll just yeah. skip over gas. It's fine. <laughs> um, they don't matter anyways. <laughs> um, so for parents to truly speak gifts, the other love languages must be spoken along with the gift. So, again, me just saying, here's a new bike. Like, where I feel, oh, he really needed a bike. But saying to him, buddy, I saw that you, you know, you were going so fast on the other bike, but it just was too small for you, you know, and let's let's go for a bike ride together. You know, building in those other love languages with it. Um, a true gift is an expression of love for the individual, and it's freely given by the donor. So you guys can probably already think what the ultimate gift is, right? What I'm going to say, the ultimate example of... Um, of a gift is, and I'll, um, do you want to talk to you more about gifts? you have anything well, to say about gifts? <laughs> um, well, and I think some of that that Jamie has said is, is very important, of understanding that as, as we do gifts, um, it's not what's expected. That was the hardest part in our marriage, but also with our kids, is understanding the expectation and going from somebody that's ultra high on gifts to somebody that's ultra low on gifts, you know, to be like, well, it's Groundhog's Day. Why didn't you get me something? You know, it's it, the, the expectation is there. But understanding I need to do this, I will say, because this is the adult part, um, this is the easiest one. And this, that was on there, but it, I don't see it. Easily abused. Oh, easily, yeah. Okay. This is the easiest one to abuse in a marriage. Um, and I'm not proud of the fact that I can say that. But it's going, okay. If I pick up flowers tonight, it's probably going to go well. You know, like, that's not the way you do this. That's not gifts. That's in, but it's also, when you take that to youth and to kids, this is also the one that we abuse the most with our kids of going, but, you know, and I have caught myself saying that, like on Christmas, right? 
Look at the stuff that daddy did for you. Look at the stuff I bought for you. Well, that really wasn't a gift then. If I'm using that sentence or even thinking that, then that wasn't, I did not give the, the gift in the right way. Um, and I think that's part of the biggest struggle that I have with not only is it so low on mine, but also just the overall mentality of gifts. We abuse that in our society. We say, you know, <clears throat> hey, I bought, you know, and, and think about it, even for yourself. Hopefully I'm not the only one that says I gave something away and went, you know, I bought them that and they didn't even say thank you. Well, doesn't matter if they said thank you or not. If you gave that gift the right way, should they have said thank you? That's a whole different day conversation. <laughs> but but that, the truth of the matter is, it shouldn't matter if they say thank you or not. If you gave the gift with a pure heart, if you did it the right way. I was going to look up something else. Does somebody have James 1.17 that can read it quickly? Can read it quickly, quickly. too. Sorry, not quickly. <laughs> it's got to be quick. Read it whatever level you want. We're going to get it there. Every good thing given and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no very variation or shifting shadow. Yeah. So think about the ultimate gift, right? Christ dying on the cross for us. Did we deserve that? Absolutely not. Do I always deserve for my husband to stop and get a coffee on his way home from work? Probably not. But it's those gifts, right? It's just the way that, and, and for me, this is something um, that I, that to me as a gifts person, if you, and I'm, I'm giving, I'm like putting this on a silver platter for you right now. Um, I still if you pick say, up. If you, if you said to me, I was such and such, I was at the store, I was, I was at camp and I saw this and I thought of you. Okay. Bonus points. I don't even care what it is. It could be the worst thing. I mean, it could be something horrible. But if you said, I saw this and I thought of you. Okay. That, as a gifts person, it doesn't matter what it is. But you saw this and you thought of me. And you took the time to purchase it. Um, that's, that's huge. So. And again, when your tank, just like we talked about with the other ones. When your tank is so empty and you start to pick up on this. When my wife says... I could really use flour sometime, or I could really use a coffee. Not only is that jumping off like, oh, I haven't done a gift in a while, but I'm going, I let her tank get way too low that she's actually asking for it. So even if she asks for it and I still bring the coffee home, it means something to her, but it's not as, it's not as fulfilling as it would have been, partly because I let the tank get so low and also because she had to ask for it, which may, as, may maybe happened once. <laughs> this week, no. <laughs> Just kidding. Okay, so we tease. We tease. I can't, but we, we, I can't, feel, we feel, we have honestly, just we've come to the point and we've said this in our marriage. Like, sometimes you just have to say, I really need this. And he might say, I really need to sit on the couch next to you for a few minutes. And I have to go, okay, I need to do that. Like, sometimes. And I think that's just the level of comfort. We have to sometimes say what we need. And sometimes kids can say that. I need this from you. I need this from you. And sometimes they can't. And that's our job as parents or working with other people to recognize, wow, we really need to give them these things that pour into their tank. Um, just quickly, examples. Keep a small collection of special treasures to gift at random times. Um, Buy your child a necklace or a ring, something that will be a special reminder that they can look at and say, wow, someone thought about me. 
um, send flowers or candy to school or work for your for your child. For your child. <laughs> you can't look at me. You can't look at me and wink and say for your child. <laughs> Let's add wife slash child. Okay, so anyways, we joke, but um, we go to the... We joke, joke, but... but, um, We're skipping over now. Yeah, so we will tomorrow, um, we're going to kind of circle back through love languages and go as long as you guys want to talk about it, but we want to lay the, kind of dig into them a little bit today so that when we talk about these other topics, we can bring in these, you know, acts of service, we can bring in these other terms and you already know what we're talking about. Um, we are going to give you the we have, five... We have, yeah, we have 100 copies of this and I'm sure we can make more, but this is just, if you want to take this with you, it's the love languages test. So if you have a little kid, if you have a youth, you can have them fill it out. Um, it'll just kind of go through and tell you what their love language is. You can fill it out for yourself. Um, Obviously, if it's a little kid, you're probably going to want to ask them. We got the one that will match up with everything in there. Like there's, you know, I like to receive notes of affirmation from you. I like it when you hug me. And you just pick one one of the two. Some of them, when you get into and and you find this out, and as we talk more this week, you're going to realize there's going to be certain ones on here that you go, this is really hard. This is like picking which one is best of, you know, two amazing things. And then you're going to look at some and go, this is picking which one's best of two horrible things. Um, but that's part of the test. So feel free to grab um, if you want a couple copies yeah, of it. Leave, don't leave yet. But on your way out, grab those. And then tomorrow we'll come back and I kind of want to see what you guys feel about. Maybe you'll learn something new. Maybe this opens your eyes to something. Um, But so we're going to talk more about this tomorrow. And the graph, we were able to kind of pull some uh, teenagers and we talked, we asked them about love languages and how their parents show them love. Um, So we have those kind of stats and then also more about other topics we're talking about this week. So the, the, our, so our take home, we're going to have a point every day. I skipped over that one. Sorry. Our point today is be available. So that was kind of every day we're going to have one. I promise the next couple days is going to be much more discussion. We're going to count on you on things. But with that being said, before we pray, um, we're going to leave this up. If you want to, I don't think I have too many of your cell or any of your cell phones numbers. (laughs) So if you really are struggling with something and say, I'm hoping this week we can talk about whatever, please feel free to just text us um, anytime and just kind of say, you know, could you talk about this or my kid or tell us what you're struggling with yourself. You know, I'm struggling with my parents don't show me, you know, and that can be you're 20 years old or you're 200 years, whatever. Um, What you struggle with so that we can dive into a little bit more of that stuff um, throughout the week and as we talk about relationships with that. Yeah, because we want this to be relatable. We want to know if you guys are struggling with something, we want to be able to talk about it. Because, again, this is a safe place. And this is a great place to have these communications, um, this conversation about how we can be better for um, other people. And if you need to know, Jamie's the top one and my phone number's the bottom (laughs) one. So if you don't want to, so. Okay, I'll go ahead and pray um, before before we head out. Lord, thank you for today. Thank you for loving us. And thank you for setting such an awesome example of how we can love others. God, I just pray that we can take this information um, and let it soak in, Lord, so that we can 
love and take care of those around us, Lord. Um, just give us moments today to just reflect on this and just be able to find the way that we want to be loved so that we can communicate that with others, Lord, but then also how we can serve and love others, God. Um, thank you for just this ability for us to gather together. I pray that you're with all of us today, Lord, um, and be with our conversations, Lord, and um, just bless those around us. We love you. Amen. Okay, so make sure to grab a test on the way out. You can take a couple of them if you need to. Just a quick reminder as you go, we've got a 15-minute break right now, so the next Bible study starts at 10.30. There are cookies and coffee and drinks beside the tabernacle, so if you want to go down there and get a little snack, and then just be at your next Bible study by 10.30. Thank you very much.